Welcome to the VO School podcast. Each episode is devoted to a different facet of the voiceover industry, building your knowledge towards a comprehensive understanding of the art, craft, and business of voiceover. We are joined by some of the industry's biggest and most successful players who share their journey and the secrets to their success. Hello, hello. Welcome to the second part of our live event, the Future of VoiceOver panel that we held at Opera America back in September, I think. Yeah, it was the end of September. Um, this part is the Q&A section. So what you heard last time was the main portion where our panelists discussed various aspects of the industry and where they saw them going. This is a much more interactive section with the audience. So we've got lots of questions from audience members and our panelists do a very good job in answering them. That's what's coming up in the episode. And uh, I don't really have many messages to give you other than check us out on social media, give us a follow. Um, every now and again, I like to remind people that uh, giving us a like and writing us maybe a nice review on iTunes or something would really, really help us out and help us shoot up the tables. Uh, I believe at one point we were in the top 100 business podcasts for a little while, which is pretty good, I think. I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, I'm not sure if we're still there. But uh, yeah, so thank you to everyone for listening. That's uh, that's quite a milestone for this shonky little podcast I put out. <laughs> so yeah, we're on Facebook and we're on Twitter and we're on all those other things and Instagram as well. So if you'd like to give us a follow, that's a good place to reach out and ask questions and interact with uh, me and other people who help bring this to you. And... That's about it. Oh, of course, Patreon. If you do get some value out of this podcast, throwing us a couple of bucks a month would really, really help us out. <laughs> uh, because it's a uh, time-consuming and sometimes can be quite expensive process. So, you know, you get a lot of benefits from that as well. You get access to the Zoom sessions and uh, a little course I did all about Pro Tools and VoiceOver. And other things too. Angus Gunn is a super member. He gets a shout-out in the episode. He gets to interact uh, with the production. Thank you to Angus for that. And lots of other things that I can't remember off the top of my head, but just visit patreon.com slash voschool. I think that's the address for that. Okay, I'm rambling, so I'm going to stop. Then we're going to have a couple of ads, and then we're going to get into our Q&A, and I'll say goodbye afterwards. All right, enjoy. The National Zoo. <laughs> because sometimes you just need to stroke a llama. Instagram. Download it and start embarrassing your teenagers today. Resolve spot in Spain. Because the dog's gonna drag his butt on the carpet. He just is. Engage the droid army with this Lego Star Wars Republic fighter tank. Hi, it's J. Michael Collins. And these are just a few examples of the first-class demos my team and I are producing. If you'd like to have something similar, visit jmcvoiceover.com and click on the Demo Production tab to find out more. Connect your studio to the world with IPDTL. IPDTL is a cost-effective alternative to ISDN without the need for hardware or line rental. Connect, mix, and record up to four locations at the same time, including phone patch, right from your computer. You don't need additional software as IPDTL runs in your browser, and you can even get your own ISDN number. Try a day pass for just $15, or subscribe monthly or yearly. So, for directed sessions, interviews, and of course, podcasts, choose IPDTL. 
to our discussion panel on the future of voiceover. This is our Q&A section, and so we're going to get grab some uh, questions from the audience. Does anyone have a question to start us out? Yes. And please just uh, say your name before you say your question. Hi, my name is Sarah Sweetak, and I was just wondering, as a beginning voice actor, what is the one most important thing I can do to market myself? Very good. Good question, Sarah. Uh, it's a, for me, it's an equal combination of taking lessons, like with someone like David, to enjoy that, to grow your skill package, then start to learn technology. Uh, once you understand technology, the home studio, preparing your auditions, and then it's marketing. Mm -hmm. So that would be the order I would work in. Skills, acting skills, technology, marketing. Because if you do them out of order, it won't help. <laughs> Um, I'm a gem on that as well, and I think that's the appropriate order. Um, and especially, I would say, with the technology side of things, um, because you know you can probably grow your network a lot faster than like you know I did back back when I first started doing voiceover. We didn't have the ability to connect to people like we do. So just make sure that all year, and I mean, I don't know, I saw this meme the other day, and it was like, I don't have ducks, and they're not in a row. I have squirrels, and they're at a rave. <laughs> you know, because they're like, oh, get your ducks in a row. And I'm like, that, that makes no sense to me. What ducks? <laughs> but, you know, get your, get your ducks in a row by, you know, continuing to do things to sharpen your skill set. Like, Edge has great opportunities to learn. Um, you know, taking an improv class, you know, especially for those of you that do a lot of in-person stuff here in the city, you want to be able to make fast choices and be comfortable being put on the spot, especially when people are looking at you, which, you know, fortunately I don't have that problem because nobody can see me in my closet. But, um, and so like, continue to sharpen your skill sets as an actor. Um, have an awesome demo. You really can't cut corners on the demo. Like, um, it's, you know, you've got, I don't want to, this sounds negative, so I don't mean, but you kind of have one chance to make a good impression on someone. Um, you don't want, and, I, and I'm, come, I'm telling you as someone who's like been made, you know, maybe not so favorable first impressions just because I was excited, right? When you first start, you're just eager and you, you're so excited to do the work and you just want to please. And sometimes your, you know, uh, branding and your marketing hasn't caught up to even your level of talent. So you want to make sure that everything that's out there that represents you as a voice actor um, reflects um, you know, where you are and how good you are. So you don't want to cut corners in a demo because you might be better than that you know, $300 demo your buddy did on GarageBand when you went and hung out at your brother-in-law's you know, <laughs> barbecue that one Saturday or whatever. You know, just want to make, take all of the steps to just have a, a very, um, a very polished brand, um, and that includes your demo and includes your home studio, which you know, as we talk about, is not a bajillion dollars like it used to be. And I would say all of that is so accurate, but should be preceded uh, by having a solid, honest assessment from someone, <laughs> because there are so many different directions to go in this industry. And uh, you can't be everything to everyone. You shouldn't have to be. I don't think anyone can. And so just because your voice, I don't remember your name, but just because your voice is, you know, brighter and more youthful sounding doesn't necessarily mean that you're right for talking toys or, for, you know, whatever. There are, every genre in this industry has different vocal requirements and different um, 
lifestyle requirements. You know, if you are a promo voice actor, you're on a tight schedule with your clients. If you are a narrator, an audiobook narrator, rather for long form narration, you need to be able to say, you know, a client called me. I need to dedicate 30 hours a week for this one client right now. I mean, there are lifestyle changes and requirements that come along with every genre. So you need someone mm -hmm. to sit down with you and give you an honest assessment of your voice as to if you could be marketable, and if so, in which of the 27 different genres, at least that's the way we break them down, um, and help you figure out a game plan. And then you go into training and home studio uh, education and the business education and the marketing education. Um, yeah. That actually ties into a Facebook question that we have specifically for you, David. It says, um, I noticed on the Edge Studio website, as part of the first stage of training, they judge whether or not a person's voice is marketable or not. Why and what is the criteria? So it seems weird, but almost everyone's voice is marketable. Okay? I, I would estimate that there's probably work for 99% of people out there. Uh, you too, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> so, um, but what, what allows someone to proceed in this industry, be, be, uh, beside being professional and, you know, the things we've spoken about, is being able to use their voice. And that doesn't make sense to a lot of people. I've said it over the years so many times, and people just don't get it. Well, you know, people compliment my voice all the time. Why do I, why would I even need training? And the analogy that we've best come up with is to simply say, just because you have a good sounding voice doesn't mean you can sing well. Likewise with voiceover. So, sure, your voice is dynamite, it's sexy, it's sultry, it does a character Thank sound. You. But can you, <laughs> it's amazing, but can you use it? Can you take direction from a client? Can you analyze a script? Can you hear with your own ears to self-direct yourself during an audition? Because you may be able to take direction great if someone tells you what to do, but if you can't even self-direct on the audition, well, you'll never get to the, the job anyway. Mm -hmm. So there are other things that we need to look for. So when you talk about, when you uh, ask about criteria, what criteria do we look for when we evaluate voice actors? Uh, we're listening a lot to, we're, under, we're trying to figure out their ability to learn, their ability to use their voice, to dissect the script, to speak you know, with the client professionally, all, all different things go into it. Great. Um, uh, we'll move on to another question. Who has another question for us? Oh, great, there's so many. Let's, let's come over here to Lucas. Tell us your name. Hi, my name is Lucas Arnold. David, this is mainly for you, but I'm happy for anyone else to jump in. Uh, you mentioned having short pinpointed demos for specific genres. Can you give a couple examples of like how long they might be and what they might be labeled? Uh, and also what other sort of bite-sizing in this day and age uh, should be done for marketing? Sure. So I would first say that there's no, there's never one answer. Jamie and I had this great conversation back at that, uh, in Philadelphia, that, that event about two months ago, that you'll, you'll read online as you get into this industry that a commercial demo has to be 60 seconds, a documentary demo should be two minutes, an audiobook demo should be, you know, there are all of these characteristics, um, but there are always reasons why, or exceptions, when something doesn't necessarily, when something shouldn't fall into that, that characteristic, right? There are exceptions to every rule. Right, so I can only speak generally. So you might say the typical voice, the uh, typical commercial demo has been 60 seconds, and then agents started requesting 30 second long demos, and now there's the six second demo. Um, so is that a thing? Yeah. It's a thing. It is a thing. Okay. So what we have found, <laughs> six seconds being for not six each, seconds each, in its entirety. Six yeah, yeah, sorry, each, each little segment, yeah, yeah, each yeah. Sni yeah. snippet, right. <laughs> so I think that one of the best products to ever come out in our industry for the casting, for those of us who cast, is VoiceZam. 
And I, 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 are any of you familiar with VoiceZam? Bob Merkel owns it. I've known Bob for a long time. It's a product that allows you to take your demo and showcase it on your website. But rather than having one long playing demo that's perhaps 60 seconds or two minutes, it's each individual snippet is a separate track. Mm -hmm. Just like you might go to, this sounds old school, CDs. You know, when you get, if you're listening to a CD and you're trying to figure out, do I like this music group or not? So you can quickly go from track one to track two to track three. You can do that with your voice over demo. It's brilliant. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we re really like. So to your question, there are, all, there are 27 different genres in the industry. Documentary, corporate training, explainer videos, commercial, promo, political, uh, self-guided tours, and, and so on. And so you may have five or six or 10 different demos, each showcasing a different genre. Which you know, so and and they and whether they're six seconds long or fifteen seconds long is dependent upon your voice and the language you speak, how unique your voice is. Someone like Lisa might be able to get away with having one demo that showcases many different styles on her demo because her voice is so unique. So I think her demo would speak to the the unique quality of her voice, whereas someone else with a more standard voice may need multiple demos because their voice is not the showcase of the demo, but rather the the way they read, the way they present information is the showcase of their their demo. Lisa, do you have a, a an animal sound demo? Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to piggyback on what you said. Like, I have, you know, all those demos because, you know, as a niche voice, I have found that it's more profitable for me to do other things like promo and narration and all that stuff and imaging. So I have a demo for each genre. But then also within those genres, like, I have a witch demo. It's about 30 seconds long that has, ooh, this kind of fun thing I do during Halloween. <laughs> I have like an elf demo, because I do a lot of elf voices, obviously. Um, I do a ton of boy voices. I have a boy demo, then I have a little girl demo, then I have a teenage girl demo. So like, I mean, you could have, you could make demos forever. <laughs> but I think if there's especially something that you either see that people are continuing to hire you for, you know, um, it might be worthwhile investigating doing like a little niche demo. And I don't know what the standard is. Like, I've um, probably shouldn't say this friend because you guys make awesome demos, but I made them myself. Um, um, I don't wouldn't necessarily recommend that. Um, maybe uh, unless you have experience doing production, I would always recommend like starting like with like a company like Edge that is known for their quality of work when it comes to producing demos. Um, but you know, for some of us, like we can take stuff that we booked, right? And make like a little sub demo of stuff that, you know, has been produced by someone else or produce it yourself. I, I don't, I shouldn't say, I'm gonna so get in trouble for saying this out loud in the podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna get burned at the stake for saying those things. Cause while I suggest always going to someone like who specializes in commercial demo production. You know, for me, like when I did my imaging and promo demo, I went to people that I knew were highly qualified to produce those specific demos. Um, but with like the little niche demos, like if there's things that you do, like if you, you know, do a really great, um, I don't know, like there's a, we talked about him the other night in our class, like the guy that does all the monster voices, he's got a whole brand just for his monster voices and dude kills it like this time of year like all the haunted house things so you'll find pretty quickly what people want your voice for and if that seems like oh i book a lot of this you might want to have a niche demo that represents just that thing so you can start targeting those potential clients directly um 
I don't think she should be burned at the stake for saying that. <laughs> so, What's so, the self-production thing that I really think? No, but I think it's great. She's a witch. But here's the thing, because when we train voice actors, our whole goal is to, to train them so they can go out and do this thing on their own. So, in fact, during our break a few minutes ago, I spoke with two of you in the audience who came to me and said, well, I have things that I've recorded on my own. Can I send them to you for sound design? I said, sure, I think that's the yeah. better thing to do. Yeah. I, you know, if we do our job correctly and help someone get, uh, become established in this industry, then they should be established. They shouldn't need it. I mean, yes, continual training is critical because mm -hmm. styles change. You always want to stay up on your game, right? You know, the best uh, athletes in the world have coaches. Always continue coaching, always continue learning, all of those things. But at some point, you get to the point that you can record demos from your home studio. And there's no reason not to. You know, if you're not certain that the quality is there performance-wise or, or sonically or something, then sure, have someone check it. And if you want to send it to someone like us or, or Lisa or Jim or anyone else to sound design, that's fine also. But you can do stuff. So maybe I'll be buried at the stake with you or neither of us will. I don't know. I, I want to say that Edge Studios has a great uh, online script library. Oh, God, but yes. But, David, are you supposed to use those scripts for your demo? So this is really funny. So, okay. So, yeah, we have this, this uh, it's a free script library. Um, it's uh, nearing 6,000 scripts right now. They're broken up into uh, English and Spanish, and then into about 50 different categories beyond that. They're free to use, um, but it's clearly, in big letters, we clearly say for practice only, not mm. for demos. And so, because... When you have a demo, the, the material on your demo should be unique to your voice and, to, and you know, made for you. And that's what we can help people with, or I'm sure Jim and Lisa can do the same thing. And so what's, what the funny thing is that all of our competitors, virtually all of our competitors out there in the voiceover demo world, use scripts from our library. <laughs> and we're the only ones who don't use our own scripts. <laughs> and so we see on social media, maybe the reason I don't personally look at social media is because the one complaint we get at Edge Studio constantly is that you know Edge Studio uses the same scripts from their library on demos. No, we're actually the only ones who don't use them. <laughs> uh, but they're out there on demos because other people use them. Uh -huh. Could you talk so, about the collaboration that you have with the talent on the scripts and how that process works? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we have copywriters on, on staff who help write uh, material for demos. Um, but so much of it comes down to, as I said, the voice actor and their unique voice and their skill set and the kind of uh, work that they want to go for, where they may be most marketable, the waters that they're testing. So, um, yeah, with you know, anyone who comes in for a demo, I mean, we have uh, sessions and, and demo preparation sessions and the copywriter gets involved and we make it easy, hopefully. <laughs> but, but, you know, to have a demo that really gets you work, to not cut corners, as mm -hmm. you said, Lisa, um, means that we're going to put the work into it. And mm -hmm. so your demo is, you know, successful for you. Great. Shorter, you, short demos load faster. That's, short demos load faster. That's, that's the key. And, um, for, and if I'm going to, okay. I'm standing on a train platform and I have to cast a commercial, somebody wants to hear a demo, it's easier that I can download it really quickly and send it quickly to my client. Yeah. That's the key. The key is they load faster. That's so great. you have to get your good stuff up front. <laughs> going to move on over here. Please tell us your name. Hi, I'm Sue Birch. Um, so my question is, a little different, and it's that um, there are people, I know I've spoken to several people in the room, who are getting back into this business, who were away for a while, and now the business is a whole new version of itself. And so what about 
Tech 101. We have never had to engineer for ourselves, though mm. we've done voiceover for years. Mm. And so suddenly now we need to understand what to listen for, not just how to use the software, but what, what am I listening for? What, am I, what do I have to do? Because I just had to be an actor. Yeah. I didn't have to be an engineer for the last 35 years. <laughs> so, so my question is, yeah. you know, where do we go? How do we, how, where do we learn that? Other than just trial and error, but then we're in our own bubble. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it's a good question. You guys have someone on staff that is able to consult and coach through that process, correct? Yeah, I, I don't want to make it seem like a sales thing here, but we, no, but we can so help you. No, but it's so important because otherwise... But, but there are other people who can also. Yeah. There, are lo there are lots of engineers out there who can help you. There are lots of voice actor groups who can help you. Um, there's a free thing on our site called the feedback form. How many of you have used the feedback form? Anyone know about it? Okay, cool. So the feedback form is where you can upload your uh, recordings from your home studio and other voice actors provide feedback on them. It's peer-to-peer. -peer. It's like a social media thing, um, but it's exclusively for voiceover recordings. And when you submit a recording, you can opt one of two options. You can say, I want feedback on the, my performance and or on the, the quality of my recording. So if you opt for the quality of your recording, you're more likely to get you know, feedback about, you know, well, the room sounds too mm -hmm. resident or I hear clicks. But keep in mind that because this, the feedback form is peer-to-peer, -peer, all of the people who are providing comments may not have trained ears. So take everything with a grain of salt. But that said, if four people in a row comment and say, well, too many clicks or something, or it, it sounds sibilant or I hear popping, if multiple people say something, well, maybe it's something that you need to consider. Can't hurt to try it. There are plenty of tech tutorials. You just have to learn it. You gotta get up to speed if you wanna be in the game. Uh, listen to what's on the air. That's effective. You know, listen to podcasts. Listen to how people are, look, for, look to try to understand the, the current American voice. The American voice is always changing. Uh, so look to listen to these sounds. That's one way, you know. You may not, you know, I know voice actors who are like, oh, I don't like television. I don't like to watch TV. I don't like commercials. It's like, well, what are you thinking? Like, you know, uh, but there are people that have said that, you know, I've heard that my whole career. And I think the, the environment is more of a, an important factor in getting a good quality sound than the, the equipment and the technology. Yeah. If your right. room sounds so great and you're plugging a USB mic in, it's going to sound far better than and U87 in a crappy room. So yes, absolutely. Fundamentally focus on your space and then keep it simple and then over time you can upgrade your equipment as your knowledge. It's really increases. just, like, Sue's question is good, you just gotta put the work in, that's all. I have There's no magic answer. To add as well, and that's that, you know, we all are using different software a lot of the time, so it's hard to say, go to this one place and you'll learn how to record yourself because the buttons are in different places on every single yeah. program. So I've found that one of the easiest and best things to do is to go to YouTube and do a YouTube tutorial search on that specific program that you're using. Mm. Um, and, and that's free. Or lynda.com. Or lynda.com, exactly. L-Y-N-D-A.com. Yeah. Linda. I am... The few bucks you pay for it, it's well worth it, I think. I, I use Adobe um, Audition. That's, that's, you know, and I'm not the person to ask about technical stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, I know Larry Hudson does a really great class on Adobe, and he's so lovely. Um, he would be someone I would absolutely encourage people if you're feeling a little wonky when it comes to, like, your, how, how to record, how to edit, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, he teaches a class specifically on Adobe Audition, which I found to be less clunky than I know a lot of people use Audacity. Um, I've had to use that before because someone that's all they had, and I didn't like it. Um, okay, yeah, I don't yeah, like Adobe for me, and, and uh, believe me when I tell you I am a simple girl when it comes to stuff like that. Like, and so you know, it's it's not if I if I can do it, anybody can do it. And Larry is really great about you know teaching people how to properly use their recording software. And, um, I think so. we have time for just two more questions-ish. Uh, we're running low here, so um, I'm gonna come around and let's do kind of like rapid-fire answers. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I think she's saying talk to me. Hi, my name is Terry Palace, and I'm. Um, oh, <laughs> and I just. Uh, uh, a little farther, okay. Uh, and I'm actually uh, interested in that whole niche market uh, because I've been uh, interested in doing medical and technical voiceovers, and I've done that before. But do you have a, a, a focus for me to start getting to houses for that? Because um, I'm finding a lot of people not who are training aren't very good at training medical and technical voiceovers. They're just really specially specializing in ads. Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. We have we have coaches. Who, uh, there there are lots of coaches out there. Some at Edge, some at other places that specialize in medical and technical and technical voiceover. I mean, that's it's key. It's a huge portion of our industry, right? And we record, yeah. we cast and record an incredible amount of medical narration at Edge. So we have we know people who can help. Uh, but again, you know, do a Google search and, and find you know, voice actors who specialize in that. Um, I would. Uh, your point is great. If you are trying to get into one genre be it uh, medical narration, and uh, you know, and you find a coach who seems wonderful, but they don't specialize in that niche, don't work with them. Yeah. Because there are such unique characteristics to every style of voiceover. So work with someone who knows that industry. Work with someone who like, lives and breathes that industry, because then they can help you with not just, the, um, just the, your performance, your vocal performance, but they can also advise you um, accurately on how to begin your business and where to market, and what rates you should charge. So out of the gate, you're charging the right rates. And you know they can just set you up for success because it's it's not just about your voice. We've all said this this whole you know for the past two hours is about so many other factors. So if you work with someone who really understands that genre um, and you trust them, uh, then let them help you build your business. Yeah. Christy Bowen good would be a good person to reach out to. Yeah, she's she super ready. duper. Christy Bowen. Christy Bowen. She's in Nashville. She's awesome. Yeah. One more question. Awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome. We don't have our own show. We're all. Here, I'll come to the front here. Hi, uh, I'm James Romick. Uh, we sort of already sort of covered this. Uh, Self-direction is a big problem for people in their home studios because there's not somebody there telling you what to do. But on top of that, if you have something, say, for a commercial audition that is very short, would you be more likely to listen to, say, three takes, two takes, uh, one take, because you've got one shot to, to, to sell yourself, so. Right. Uh, when, obviously, David and I do a lot of casting, we cast at a pace that would blow your mind. Like, we listen to, like, the slate, the first few words, in and out. Mm -hmm. I swear to God. It doesn't even get through a sentence. We fly through it. Uh, we just did Angus King running for Senate and up in uh, Maine. Uh, we did his campaign, we're on his campaign. SAG, SAG people, non-union people, we sent it out to a lot of people. And uh, really quick, cut it down to 15 people, 
cut it down to six, actually cut it down to 10, five women, five men, bang, it's gone. So to your point, James, get your best stuff up front, man. That's mm -hmm. it, 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 again, if the tech is wrong, if I, if, if I play your audition and it has a bad audio quality, you're out. Because I'll never forward you to my client. Why would I ever do that? So the, the, the takeaway. Oh. Mm -hmm. yeah, but on top of that, be, between slate, if you're slating first and two, going into yeah, the Yeah, do three in a row. How much? I would do two or three in a row because maybe the next cat will listen. You know, uh, maybe I, would, I won't. Oh, how much space between your slate and then the third? Yeah. Oh, I, oh, that? Like, no, nothing, hardly yeah. anything. Nothing. nothing. Yeah. 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 I think it's I'm sorry, that was real specific. Well, <laughs> two things. One is I think it's sometimes helpful, uh, very helpful for voice actors to say up front, two takes follow. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, we get, even if we make it to the end of take one, then we won't know to listen to take two, and we are flying. Uh, other thing is, if you say two takes follow, um, and there's been no direction, or the client's kind of said, you know, do whatever you want, and if you say two takes follow, take one is upbeat, take two yeah. down. Like, if you can do Bye. that in a second and a half, you know, oh. seven words, whatever, then at least we know if we don't like style number one, we can jump to style number two. This is like for a short tagline or something like that. I usually give my agent like three takes. If it's, well, I, I won't say, you know, if it's very short, yeah. if it's very short and there's no space between takes, takes one and two and two and three, that's fine. You don't need to say two takes follow. Um, but the other thing I was thinking to what you said, Jim, is that if, if you, well, as a voice actor, if I was a voice actor, maybe I'd actually have like three different websites with pseudonyms. And so you only said one take it, but you get to, hurt, you get to be heard three times. Good idea. So, you know, you so know. whether they hire David or Frank or Joe, it's still me. How cool is that? So funny. You just got to so remember funny. who you are. Just wow. We connect idea. to you. That'd be fine. No problem. Yeah. yeah. Are you? Yeah. We can actually do another question. Who, do you had a question here in the middle. We can do, we can do one more. We have a little time. Hi, uh, Ken Foster. It's for Jim and David. Uh, you said you have a do not hire pile. Can you give us a, a warning shot with one example each of who got there and why? Or not, not who, not who, but anonymously, who, yeah, what got them there? For, for me, it's uh, bad tech. Don't be a dick. If your audio doesn't have a professional quality to it, yeah, unless you're a celebrity, I can't send you for it. I just won't do it. My clients are too important to me, so. And there's, with love, there's tons of talent. Yeah. Tons. Be professional, show up on time, goodness gracious. <laughs> and, and be organized and know your stuff and do your homework and ask questions. Actually, that's a great one, ask questions. I think as a voice actor, you can charge more if you ask more questions. Seriously. <laughs> right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sure. It shows that you're invested in, in the project. It shows that you care about the project. You've, you've done your homework. You've looked up pronunciations. Um, uh, I could talk, yeah, we could talk for hours on this. You, you, you give mispronunciations on a demo, I mean, we're not hiring you. It's easy right. enough to call and find out how to pronounce a word somewhere, you know? Just, yeah, do your homework. Be professional. But on, on the upside to that, we want, you to be, we want you to be successful. We want to hire someone. We want to make our clients happy. Yeah, we so need you guys. we're looking for you to be as best as you can be. Really are, and we want you to be. You know, we want to hire you. Do you, honey boo boo? <laughs> and I, sh I should have said this before, but Lisa also does casting. Yeah. So hopefully not for long. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I kind of fell into it maybe five or six years ago, and I do a considerable amount of voice casting, and it's not. It is. It is its own special thing. It's fun. Special people do. Um, but I mean, with kind of the answer your question on that, like I do have people that I won't touch with a 10-foot pole um, and, you know, it kind of boils down to, you know, 
I mean, just if they, they seem like they don't respect your time, and so they're goofing off in their slate, or, or like there, there have been times when, you know, especially when I'm doing animation stuff, and you get hundreds and hundreds of submissions, and like if you're oh, this one guy, and, and and I do, I remember. I don't necessarily have a, a list. If they're a total turd, then they definitely go on my do not hire list. Or if I hire them and after the fact they become a problem child, then I will no longer use them in the future. And so just know that, like, you know, all of us, myself included, there is no job security. Like, there are things, projects that I've worked on that have been very profitable for the talent, but they've been really difficult in, like, the payment process or whatever. Or they just have been just, and I, I will pass over them, and I have no reservations about that um, because of the way that they've, they've acted in the past. And I don't care if they're talented. Um, if you're not polite, and if you make my job harder, because the truth is I never wanted to get into casting. It just kind of happened. Um, and I'm working on making it happen less. Um, because like I said, it's a whole separate thing from doing voiceover. Um, that, you know, so just even, you know, before you get hired, you know, and then obviously, like, just, you know, like you said, don't be a... I'm not going to say the word, but don't, you know, it's great. Like, don't, don't be, be, you've got to know that, like, we are replaceable. We are not, you know, above being let go, even in the middle of a project, if you're, you know, not easy to work with. And so just, you know, know your role, do your job, do your best, appreciate, you know, what opportunity comes your way, and, and hopefully the ball will keep rolling, but, but you know, the fortune will, I've, what is it? Um, smile the, upon you. What's the what? Fortune will smile upon fortune you. Fortune will smile. The voice of the gods will continue to appear. <laughs> I'll share a funny story. We had a voice actor audition for something, and in the slate, he said, I won't say his name, but he said, I fixed the, the grammar of the script. <laughs> You know, just put yourself in the in the shoes of whoever's casting. Always put your shoes and in, in, you know, your feet in their shoes and think, what would you want if you were casting? And that's how you, and that's how you remain professional. Oh my, that's great. Okay, so last question from me in one sentence or less, and we'll go down the line. How optimistic are you about the future of voiceover? I am so optimistic, man. This industry is growing yeah. leaps and bounds. It's unbelievable, and. You hear more um, automated systems, right? You know, the, the text-to-voice speeches, you know, you know, that can be done now. Um, I don't think that's going to hurt our industry in any way at all. This industry is growing so quickly and so many different genres, um, and it's, it's just expanding. There's, I see no end in sight. Awesome, Lisa? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I am a possibilitarian. I love, it's a new word I learned. Really? And I believe, like, there is an, a, Overabundance of opportunity um, for all of us. Like I, I, you know, I'm excited. Like even with the five million people now that seem to want to do voiceover, cool. Welcome to the party. Um, I'm very hopeful about the future um, because you know there's just so much media out there and so much need for um, you know people like us that you know have that little something something and that can provide good customer service. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm probably overly optimistic, but that's okay, because I feel like also just your headspace and, and having that perspective is also super duper important, as much as everything else. Just maintaining that positivity is what matters.
Jim. Uh, I think it's a great time to be in the industry. It's really going to explode. To me, it's like uh, radio in the 1920s. We're going to create a new way that human beings and technology and machines talk to one another. Mm. And we're all going to be a part of that. It's going to be an amazing ride up for 10 years. And it's going to give us opportunities to be creative, whether you're a writer or a talent or a producer. It's going to be a fantastic moment. And you just got to put your mind onto that right now. Yeah. It's, all, it's all about voice first. Everything's going to talk. It's going to be great. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Wonderful. <laughs> also, we are doing, um, and Sarah and Shelly, you stand out. Y'all are so great. So I, I run this this organization called Voxy Ladies. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's a professional association for women voiceover. And we do a Halloween costume clothing drive every year. And so this year, New York City, once again, Lotus is going to be our studio partner. These girls are the point girls, basically um, starting, I guess, Monday um, and in, until October 12th, I believe. Um, we're collecting costume donations that will be distributed to two different um, charities in New York and New Jersey. Um, and if you participate, if you donate a costume, the rules will be on the box. The donation box is going to be at Lotus, and the rules will be on the box. Um, you send us an email, Voxy Ladies, um, and we will enter your name into a raffle for a black TLM102. So, Neumann TLM102. So, yeah, very cool. Very so, thanks to these girls. Nice. They're doing all the work. They're doing all the work. And Jim, and Jim. And now Jim's going to do a stage dive. <laughs> <laughs> great. great. All right. You can take, take us out, Jamie. Yeah, exactly. Thank you to everyone. Thank you to everyone for coming. Thank you to David, Lisa, Jim, Our and to Karen for help organizing this. Yeah, thank you. Thank you to Opera America. And thank you, everyone. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. There we are. Thank you to everyone who came and particularly to the people that asked questions. They were all superb. A big thank you to Karin Gilfrey, uh, who is the founder and chief operator of Voice Actors of New York City. I'm a huge fan of Karin's. She does a huge amount of work for the voiceover industry in New York and by extension further afield because people come in, coaches come into the city and educate uh, local residents and you know, if you're living in New Jersey or even Pennsylvania, as far as I am, you can you can go into the city for these events, many of which are free or donation-based. So definitely join her group. Uh, huge thanks to our panelists, of course, Lisa, David, and Jim. And thank you to you for listening. We'll be back again, and I'm not quite sure which episode I'm putting out next, but I'll let you know on social media. Please become a Patreon member. It's going to keep the podcast going. It's not going to keep going forever unless I can fund it. So uh, every little helps with that. Um, if you've got a couple of bucks for this education a month, which you should be spending at least that on your education, of course, come on. Please become a Patreon member and uh, give us a like on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Oh, you're sick of hearing about it, but I have to do this. <laughs> it keeps the lights on. All right. Thanks very much. I'll see you next time. Bye.
A big thank you to Patreon supermember Angus Gunn. Thanks also to Backstage Magazine, J. Michael Collins Demos and IPDTL. But most importantly, thanks to you for listening. I'll see you next time. <laughs>